It's been almost two months since we launched She Launch, and you know when you love something so much that you want to do it every single day? That is me on the coaching calls inside She Launch. I literally want to do them every single day. I love it. And for those of you that have not heard of She Launch, it is for female coaches, consultants, and service providers who are wanting to earn six figures online with their dream business. Inside, we teach sales, marketing, leads, mindset, AI, offer mastery, and so much more. We also have just launched the She Launch CRM. Yep, we have our very own amazing CRM now, which I'm so excited about. Now, I believe this is the best online business and mindset training for female entrepreneurs, but don't take my word for it. Here is what Eilish has to say about it. The community is absolutely incredible as well. That's another thing that I really love about SheLaunch. Again, I've been in masterminds where the community's been either dead in the water or it's just had a weird vibe. (laughs) And with SheLaunch, the community is nurturing. They're really kind to each other. They're so supportive. And you feel like you are part of something really special. So if you are thinking about joining, jump on a call and then see what you think, because I know that you won't be disappointed. And this is what Rita thinks. I have absolutely loved every second of the She Launch program. I cannot explain how deeply transformative it has been for me personally. I am eternally grateful. It is worth every cent and I would highly recommend it to anybody. And here's what Belinda thinks. Signing up for She Launch is one of the best decisions I ever made. The content is extensive and groundbreaking amazing. Uh, Melissa and all the team are so supportive, helpful, always there for you and really loving kindness. Plus the connections I've made with the ladies that are in the group have been exceptional. We're all a team. We all support each other. If you're going to do something, sign up for She Launch. It's amazing. Babe, I would love and be honoured to work with you. All you have to do is head to shelaunch.com for all the details. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Head to shelaunch.com and I cannot wait to meet you. This is episode number four with Ben Greenfield. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe to uncover the habits, mindsets, tools, and rituals that they have used to become world-class so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? 
Ben is the New York Times bestselling author of Beyond Training. His balanced approach to fitness, nutrition, and health comes from his extensive experience in the fitness and wellness industry as one of the leading personal trainers and wellness consultants. In 2008, Ben was nominated as America's top personal trainer, and in 2013 and 2014, Ben was voted as one of the top 100 most influential individuals in health and fitness. Pretty cool, huh? He is currently the founder and owner of Greenfield Fitness Systems, a company that develops innovative and cutting-edge fitness and nutrition services and solutions to help people reach their physical and mental performance goals. Now, my hubby first introduced me to Ben a little while ago. He became obsessed with his podcasts and devoured all of his information, and then I became obsessed with his podcasts and devoured all his information. He is so full of knowledge and wisdom, and I cannot wait for you guys to dive into this interview with him today. In this interview, we chat about the best anti-aging secrets, the memory enhancer that everyone has access to, the biggest factors causing us to age, the most beneficial forms of exercise for anti-aging, some massive stress busters, we can all do with a little bit of that, the power of cold and hot thermogenesis, why sex and love are one of the best anti-aging tools, plus so much more. Now, you'll know that we mentioned so many goodies in this episode. You're just going to be bombarded. There's so many great things that Ben has mentioned, and you can get everything in the show notes. So just head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash four and all the information, all the resources will be there. So without further ado, I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview with the one and only Ben Greenfield. Welcome, Ben. I am so excited to have you on the show. Well, I'm I'm pretty excited to be here. I hope I don't fall off of the treadmill that I'm walking on uh, in my in my excitement. And I, I apologize for any 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 squeaking squeaking sounds. Um, those are not mice or gerbils in my office. It's just the the belt of the of the treadmill. <gasps> is that what that noise is? Okay, I got it. Yeah. Brilliant. So. Um, We'll get into why you're walking on a treadmill later on, but before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? <laughs> um, I wandered out to the garden in our backyard where even though it's fall, there are there, there's still a, a decent amount of plant matter remaining. I grabbed a few purple cabbage leaves. I grabbed a little bit of beet greens, you know, some dinosaur kale, small handful of uh, parsley. And I brought that inside and I tossed that into a blender and I absolutely pulverized the hell out of it with uh, about half an avocado, a little bit of lemon juice and some coconut milk um, and also something called Pau Arco Bark Tea, which I can explain later. But basically it is a way to get all the benefits of, of anti-aging without actually spending lots of money on injections. And then uh, I blend that. And because I like to chew my liquids to help with their their absorption, to help the amylase in the mouth begin to pre-digest the foods, I mix little chewy things in after I make the smoothie. In this case, this morning, I added some unsweetened coconut flakes 
and I added a little bit of like a small handful of, of dark cacao nibs. And also, just because I'm a, I'm a glutton for overdoing things, a little bit of chlorella as well. And then I, I sat down and I ate that with a spoon. And it was just basically a, a crapola of superfoods. That, by the way, my wife thinks looks like cat diarrhea, but that I enjoy immensely. That sounds absolutely amazing. Mm. And I'm not just saying that, like that's my type of breakfast, but I can imagine the color and the consistency, you know, really resembles cat diarrhea. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Oh, wow. So um, yeah, that sounds great. Really, really yummy. Um, And we'll talk about a couple of those things that you've already mentioned later in our interview. But for those people who have never heard about you, have never heard your story or what you do. Can you give us a little bit of a background? Because I love you. I love your work. I love your what you what you and your wife do. My husband and I are massive fans of of you and what you do. Um, can you give us a little bit of a background on how you got to where you are today and and the work that you do? Yeah. Well, I grew up as a as a consummate geek. I was homeschooled. Played the violin. Was president of the chess club. Played World of Warcraft. And I was really just a geek or or a nerd. I don't really know the difference between the two, to be honest with you. And uh, it was when I discovered tennis in high school that I got really interested in, you know, how to how to get the most out of the human body and brain. And I started, you know, hoisting little 10 pound dumbbells that I bought at the sporting goods store and kind of figuring out how to how to run up hills behind my house and how to improve reaction time and, and you know, improve speed and even eat healthy. And eventually got so interested in in kind of you know I guess a early form of biohacking that I uh, I decided I wanted to go to college not to study computer programming which was my original intention but to instead study exercise science and uh, not only did I did I study it but I kind of went went uh, went into the deep end of the pool and uh, studied uh, pre medical uh, applied to medical school got a master's degree and eventually uh, long story short. Uh, opted not to go to uh, the medical schools that that I got accepted to, to and uh, instead um, kind of saw some dollar signs and took on a job in the private sector in knee and hip surgical sales to make some money for a little while and to travel the world and you know take do do the whole kind of gap year thing. And during that time, realized I did not want to be a doctor. I got disillusioned with uh, with Western medicine, frankly, because there wasn't a single doctor I ran into who who did not tell me I'd be a complete idiot to go to medical school and be a doctor. And you know these were guys with nice boats and awesome houses who didn't really have any time to use those boats or, or spend much time in those houses. And, and that certainly helped drive home the point for me. So I, uh, I, I quit that job after about four months and I got right back into exercise science, which I'd been doing the past, you know, six years in school and took on a job as a personal trainer, opened a series of gyms and studios in Washington and Idaho here in the States. Um, eventually was voted as, uh, America's top personal trainer by some crazy folks who didn't know what they were, what they were getting into by, by voting for me. And, uh, then I, uh, wound up kind of getting thrust more into the limelight of speaking and writing and you know, podcasting and freelancing and, you know, doing what I do now, which is basically, uh, traveling around the world, speaking at like health and fitness conferences. Uh, I do some online consulting with people like via Skype and via phone uh, while I'm at home, often in my underwear. <laughs> um, and uh, then I do uh, a lot of freelance writing, right? So I blog at bengreenfieldfitness.com 
and I, I write books, I write magazines, I write for uh, for different websites, and I also design supplements and design bars and design things that will help people get a better body and brain. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I also uh, have a have a podcast. So I spend some time with a microphone in front of my face. Sounds awesome. So how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 16. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm 34 years old. You're 34, okay? Because you and your wife. And how old is your wife, if you don't mind me asking? My wife is 35. We got married when we were 21. Uh, I kind of am a little bit ahead of the curve because I, like I mentioned, I was homeschooled, so I graduated high school when I was 15 and started college when I was 16. So, um, so it started a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. You guys look incredibly youthful and incredibly vibrant and energetic. And I just love following you guys and your journey. Um, and I wanted to talk about anti-aging and, uh, increasing longevity. Cause you mentioned that at the start of the call, you know, what you're mixing into your smoothie. And it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And one would say you're a little bit of a biohacker. Would you say you're a bit of a biohacker? I would say based on the fact that, uh, already today I have shoved uh, intranasal, uh, laser <laughs> therapy up, um, my nose. I have stood naked over a laser light therapy for my balls to increase testosterone. I uh, spent 30 minutes in a infrared sauna uh, with uh, high dose niacin in my system uh, prior to that infrared. Um, done a, a bit of, of cold thermogenesis uh, and also done some transcranial direct stimulation of my head, a process called TDCS, along with neurofeedback in which I fly a spaceship with my mind. Um, and that was just uh, today. Uh, that, that, yes, I do a bit of biohacking. <laughs> you sound like my husband. I've also taken a copious amount of pills today. <laughs> yeah, you sound like my husband, which, you know, he's the one that actually introduced me uh, first to you um, and your work. Uh, he very much is in alignment with everything that you've just said. He does, you know, we've got infrared saunas and he does all those things. Although he doesn't hang his balls over um, <laughs> that machine, whatever he's you a, said it was. A, he's a slacker then. Yeah, well, it's okay. basically uh, it's basically uh, based on a study that showed that men can triple their testosterone levels and significantly increase fertility when uh, their well, let's use the the scientific term their gonads get exposed to a wavelength of about six hundred to seven hundred nanometers of near infrared light for about five to eight minutes per day. And so this study came out a few weeks ago. And since that time, because I happen to have a light panel that I can very easily, well, here's the visual. I basically just work away at my desk. But during some of that time, I have that light on the floor. I pull my pants down. I spread my legs and type away. And when my five to eight minutes is up, I pull my pants back up and turn the light off. So it's it's uh, it's pretty easy to do. And a lot of times people who I'm talking to on the phone have no clue that I am uh, that, that I am straddling Pantless. a light. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, I absolutely love that. Thanks for being so open and honest and sharing that with us. Um, it's a great tip. So let's talk about anti-aging. Now, there's some people that may protest and say that aging is beautiful and wrinkles tell stories and, uh, you know, but there's more to aging than wrinkles and smile lines, isn't there? There is. And, you know, and, and I agree with you, like wrinkles are beautiful and, and aging is beautiful and it's a, it's a fantastic process, but 
um, I mean, take take wrinkles, right? They should be natural uh, wrinkles that develop uh, just as a result of of gravity and age and the natural loss of hydration of skin and the natural uh, degradation of connective tissue that can occur with age. Um, unfortunately, with excessive free radical production, excessive fibrin buildup, excessive uh, breakdown of everything from collagen to proteoglycans to all, all the things that maintain youthful, firm, supple-looking skin, um, the aging can be accelerated. And, and in many cases, it is due to nutrition choices, right? Like a buildup of free radicals, inadequate amino acids, um, inadequate, uh, as ironic as it may seem, exposure to UVA and UVB rays, um, you know, a whole host of issues that can cause uh, wrinkles that are not necessarily the the beauty, you know, wrinkles that you speak of, but are more a result of kind of a toxic lifestyle. Mm. So why is anti-aging so important? Not just from a superficial uh, point of view, you know, internally, why is it so important? Well, I don't think we should all run around like trying to live until we're 180 grasping, you know, desperately at every last second of life. I think that that is a little bit extreme, but at the same time, if I am going to be, let's say, 90 years old and I've got great grandchildren or grandchildren, I want to freaking be able to to hit a tennis ball over the net with them. I want to be able to, like, you know, throw a football to them in the backyard. I want to be able to, I mean, like, remember their names. And when they come over to my house, not necessarily uh, have them come over to my house because they have to change my diaper, right? Like, I want to be a really, like, functional old dude. And uh, frankly, yeah, I do want to look good too, but mostly for me, it's about like enjoying life, you know, being able to like, I want to be able to spearfish and I want to be able to hunt and I want to be able to play tennis and I want to be able to like, you know, drive my car and, and do all these things that, you know, that, that make just life and being a human really great. And so you know, when when it comes to anti-aging, I think that's why it's important. I don't I don't think it's important because I want to like get laid by an 18 year old when I'm 80. Like that's not my, my goal in life um, or, you know, rip my shirt off and be on the cover of men's health when I'm 90. But the idea is that you want to feel good. And I think that's why anti-aging is important just so that you can you can live a full life and not spend like the latter half of your life as as a semi invalid. Mm. I was actually having this conversation with my dad a little while ago because my nonna is 94 years old and she still lives at home on her own. Um, and she has like a walking frame and I was chatting to my dad and he said, uh, he was telling me that, you know, when you get older, like her age, you, you know, you have a walking frame and you lose your eyesight and, you know, all of these things. And I kind of thought, well, I don't really want to subscribe to that paradigm and that's not really the reality that I want. And, um, you know, because there's plenty of cultures around the world, like the Okinawans and the Hansens, where this is not their reality. That's correct, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, I'm sure that your audience no doubt knows about the blue zones and, you know, these areas where there are higher, you know, higher than normal level of centenarians. And, and yeah, they, they're happy. They're living a long time. I mean, there was a recent article that came out about this, uh, this, this Italian group of folks, you know, and this is a perfect example of, you know, anti-aging that is simply eating a, a copious amount of rosemary as part of their diet. And they suspect this is why these folks are extremely robust and living a very long time because rosemary, it actually is a known memory enhancer. 
some really interesting studies on it, by the way, especially with regards to learning languages and music. I mean, you can you can diffuse rosemary essential oils and, of course, cook liberally with rosemary. And, and the other part of the article, I forget where it appeared. I, I think it might have been the New York Times. They were also having copious amounts of sexual intercourse. But it appears that, you know, sex and rosemary in, in this Italian population. Of course, you have the Okinawans where, you know, you see a lot of a lot of, for example, fish and omega-3 fatty acid consumption. And you have like you know, the Greeks like, you know, Sardinia, for example, where you see a lot of tannin rich beverages like wines and teas. And, you know, you can't necessarily say it's it's one single variable. It's a cluster of variables. But yes, there are populations that are on the face of the planet that definitely do display you know more robustness in their later years than than uh, many, many other populations. Because I agree exactly with what you're saying. Like, I I, I am happy to have those beautiful smile lines and, and those, you know, and to age gracefully. But for me, it, I'm exactly like you. I want to be able to still be doing yoga when I'm 95 and to be able to pick up my grandchildren and be able to run around with them. So um, I love that you've said that. But what causes us to age? You know, what causes that degeneration? Oh, gosh, that, that's a loaded question because it's very multifactorial. Right. So, so there are different theories of aging. For example, there's one that I kind of already mentioned, the free radical theory of aging, right? Just normal metabolic uh, processes uh, cause the production of free radicals. And those can cause a little bit of DNA damage. And every time that your DNA needs to repair itself, you must, uh, you must experience what's called telomere shortening. Um, and, and telomeres are just kind of like the caps that that cap off the end of the DNA. And every time you shorten the telomeres, you, you can think of it as like running out of a little bit of life, running out of a little bit of DNA. So there's this concept that uh, free radicals running rampant within within the body can cause aging. There's also this concept of, of, of simple DNA mutations, right? There's there's this idea that you know as your DNA codes different proteins and different uh, different genes within your body that it makes mistakes and those mistakes can accumulate over time and they can cause uh they, they can cause uh aging or or disease for example uh, there there are also the biomechanical effects of aging right simply the fact that you have gravity you live on a on a planet with gravity and that gravity eventually you know ha- it, it, it causes a downward force a downward pressure against everything from spinal discs to knees to ankles to elbows and so, you know, you develop a little bit of, of joint pain and, you know, your back starts to change shape and you start to stoop over and you, and you get a little bit of joint pain. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of different theories of aging out there, but the idea really, if you step back and look at it, is similar to what we see that I was talking about with anti-aging communities and that we see a cluster of activities that they engage in to allow them to live a long time. We see a cluster of biochemical and biomechanical issues that actually cause us to uh, to age, and you know, again, it's you know, free radicals, it's it's gravity, it is DNA mutations, and um, you know, there there's also this idea that you just begin to run out of stuff, right? Like for example, the heart has 
X amount of beats in it before you begin to see some cardiac hypertrophy and enlargement of heart tissue and a little bit more difficulty in terms of the ability of the heart to move blood through the body. Or you see, for example, you know, pancreatic insulin production begin to decline as beta cell function just eventually drops off with age, likely due to the fact that you have just a, you know, if you think of the body as a battery, a limited amount of, of juice. And, you know, so, so there's, you know, the answer to your question is it's complex. But, you know, we, we've, we've identified a lot of different factors that can cause the human body to age. So many. And so how can we, hey, how can we age a little bit more gracefully? Actually, before I go into that question, um, you know, what are some of the things that we can look at today? You know, what are some things that people can start to really be mindful of um, and take action with right now? Sure. Well, the way that I think is I say, why don't we look at a certain cause and identify how we can um how how we can address that cause? So let's take a simple one that I already mentioned, right? Gravity. The effects of 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 just you know the, the biomechanical effects of aging. Well, what can what can we do about that? We can do things uh that include, of course, exercising to make sure that we you know, maintain hydration of, of the joints and good movement patterns and allow the body to maintain the robustness necessary to fight gravity. And when I say exercise, most of the studies that have shown not only an increase in the ability of the body to maintain function with age, but also seem to show a maintenance of growth hormone and insulin-like growth factor and testosterone and uh, even a, a decreased rate of telomere shortening with age is uh, strength training. Strength training seems to even beat out aerobic training and sprinting and high intensity interval training when it comes to its anti-aging effects. So I would say if you were going to choose one form of exercise to prioritize as you age, it would be strength training. But there are other things that you can do. You can do, for example, uh, traction. Right, you mentioned yoga, which is really good for stretching and kind of pulling apart joints. But there's a concept of like stretching your myofascia, doing things like hanging from inversion tables, um, doing things like, uh, for example, using resistance bands to pull apart the shoulders and the elbows, and you know, doing using using what's called a well, you can you can Google it's called traction. You can see how to how to kind of apply uh, like like a distraction pressure on different joints of the body. And this, you know, these are all things that I do. There are different forms of myofascial stretching. For example, LDOA, E-L-D-O-A is a really good practice where you can learn a few LDOA moves. Another really good one is called uh, foundation training. And there's a really good book about that called True to Form. And then there's even this concept of just like getting rid of cross-linking of fascia and connective tissue that can also kind of accelerate the ability of gravity uh, to be able to wreak havoc on the body. And this would be things like massage and deep tissue work with, you know, foam rollers and lacrosse balls and things of this nature. And there's a really good book about that uh, called uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard by Kelly Starrett. Um, and, and so, you know, when, when we look at biomechanics, right, like that's one thing that we could do. Um, when we look at, for example, the um, the the free radical theory of aging. Well, we can look at things that we know specifically fight the type of free radicals that seem to cause that accelerated aging effect. And in most cases, these are foods rich in um, in two different compounds. One called sirtuins, 
which decrease the rate at which telomeres shorten by helping to combat a lot of this, the, these free radicals that cause aging. And these would be things like things, things that are relatively intuitive for us, red wine, uh, green tea, coffee, dark chocolate, um, things that we would consider to be very antioxidant rich foods. Um, you know, pomegranates are an example, even things like red onions and, you know, darkly colored fruits and darkly colored vegetables, enormously important in terms of their anti-aging effect. That, that tea that I mentioned that I put into my morning smoothie is a perfect example of something that's not only a, a sirtuin rich tea, but it's also rich in something else called NAD as in uh, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. And this is kind of like the darling molecule of the anti-aging industry right now because it really does appear to directly slow that, that free radical buildup and some of the effects that normal cellular metabolism can have on aging. A lot of people are now doing like injections with NAD. There's a company called a uh, uh, basis uh, that that's producing a new supplement called Elysium. That's like an NAD precursor. All this stuff is very expensive. The way that I do it is I just get this tea off of Amazon and it's got a lot of uh, beta lapachones in it, which are like precursors for NAD. And all I do is I just, I blend the tea up with some things to make it very soluble. You can use, for example, uh, sunflower lecithin is what I'll use. And I just, you know, blend it in the blender for about three minutes and make a little like, you know, like a little tea smoothie. And then I keep that in the refrigerator and I use that as like the, the base for my smoothies, right? To, to add texture to my smoothies or, you know, I can, I can even heat it up and drink it as a tea if I want to. But that's, that's like a, an NAD rich compound. And of course, we can also, we can use supplements, you know, to supply some of these things. We can use, uh, you know, turmeric and glutathione and, you know, I mean, you can buy NAD in supplement form and, and, you know, supplements work too. But one thing you should bear in mind with supplements is that just as with anything, you can overdo them. Meaning that if I were to just like take antioxidants all day long for an anti-aging effect, I can actually accelerate aging because if you completely shut down the body's natural inflammatory response with excessive antioxidant supplementation, you miss out on what's called hormesis, which is this concept that you want little stressors in your life so that your body is able to produce its own endogenous antioxidants. This is why you want things like sunlight exposure and low amounts of radiation from, from the ground and earth and rocks. You want, you know, some, some elements of like, you know, cold stress in your life and some elements of heat stress in your life and some elements of exercise stress in your life, because this is what teaches your body how to bounce back stronger. There's a really good book about this called Anti-Fragile by a, an author named Nassim Talib. And so the idea is you need to strike a balance between, you know, like, like getting a lot of these antioxidant rich foods and NAD precursors and sirtuin rich foods, but also not using them so much and especially timing them so that they are timed separately from things like a hard exercise session or like a hard sauna session or, or a cold soak. So your body has to kind of fend for itself. Um, so, so we've got, we've got some of those biochemical things that we've do, we can do, we've got some of those biomechanical things that we can do, but I'd be remiss not to mention the fact that in all of these blue zone populations, what they've shown trumps any amount of nutrition or, or fitness or lifestyle modifications. It is the presence of love and family and friends and relationships in one's life that seems to make the biggest difference in how long one lives. And so, you know, even though it might seem 
Um, it, it might seem kind of cheesy to engineer those things into your life. You actually should. You know, if you want to live a long time, you need to go out and purchase a gratitude journal, right? And and have the practice of gratefulness in your life. You need to go out of the way to engage in social situations. You need to spend time with your kids or your wife or your loved one or your family. You need to consider, for example, not putting your parents in a hospice when they get old, but instead having them move in with you. You need to consider not necessarily moving away from where your family grew up to get a better job, but to instead set up roots in the area where your parents lived and your grandparents lived, where your children can live and their children's children can live, because all of these things seem to distinctly affect aging as well. So there's that whole uh, life, family, relationships, love components too. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And it's something that my husband and I have been thinking about a lot lately because both of our parents live in a different city. So they're about an hour flight away for us and we see them as much as possible. But you're right, there's there's nothing that really can replace the love that you feel and share with your family and your loved ones. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um what kind of a role does sex play in in anti-aging? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I I haven't seen a lot of, of research specifically on like um uh, you know, like sexual intercourse for example, like decreasing the rate at which telomere shorten. There's a lot of evidence, uh, for, for example, you know, not to get too like nitty gritty and uh, all scientific when it comes to sex, you know, put, putting on the, the nerd glasses and the white lab coat in the bedroom. But there's this idea behind like oxytocin, right? Like the body's love hormone that it releases. And, and there's a little bit of evidence showing that oxytocin might act similarly to some of these antioxidants and, you know, NAD and sirtuins in terms of decreasing the rate at which telomeres shorten. And, you know, the body produces that in response to things like breastfeeding and, and orgasms. And so, you know, there, there's a possibility that the oxytocin hormone production that occurs as a response of of sexual intercourse can assist with you know an, an anti-aging effect there is of course the fact that you probably have love and relationships in your life unless you're just like buying sex from a hooker um to 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 engage in anti-aging which i don't recommend that might be a way to, to die fast of some type of a nasty venereal disease or something but um, you know, the, the idea is that oxytocin is one hormone that might help with this. Uh, there's also the fact that, of course, sex is exercise. And so there's there's the exercise component. Um, there's the idea that if you are fertile as you age, it is a sign that you have, for example, adequate testosterone, adequate growth hormone, not an excess of estrogen, especially in women, but a good balance between progesterone and estrogen. So you have good sex drive. I mean, you know, fertility, optimized fertility is not only a sign of, of often optimal health, but also, um, you know, a, a, a slowdown of, of the aging effect, right? Like even something like erectile dysfunction in men, we know that that's a canary in the coal mine for heart disease, right? With, with heart disease being, of course, one of the leading causes of death worldwide. But the first thing that happens because because the vessels that go into the the penis are basically smaller than those that go into the heart is you lose your erectile function first and then the heart attack comes later so in so in many men you know not having sex is you know because they can't get it up is a sign that you know that their ticker might be going as well and so 
Yeah, I mean, the ability, you know, it's tough to say which came first, the chicken or the egg, but the ability to have sex later in life appears to be somehow distinctly related to some kind of an anti-aging effect. And if you aren't having sex or you've lost your sex drive or you've lost your libido or, you know, uh, women you've lost, for example, um, you know, sensation, the ability to orgasm, uh, sex drive, or men, you've, you know, you, you lack erectile function or libido or motivation, that can be a sign that there might be some downstream biochemical issues that you need to address, not only so that you can enjoy sex, but also so that you aren't uh, experiencing accelerated aging, you know, and the type of things I'm talking about would be, you know, go get your testosterone tested, your free testosterone, your total testosterone, your luteinizing hormone, your follicle stimulating hormone, your estrogen, your progesterone, your growth hormone, or your insulin-like growth factor, you know, a lot of these things that can affect libido and sex drive. So yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and certainly I would say that while you, while you do see a lot of, you know, old celibate monks and nuns, I, I, I don't think that sex is necessary to live to, you know, more than a hundred, for example, it seems that more often than not, you see healthy sexual lives associated with people who live longer. I actually, a few weeks ago, went to get a little cocktail vitamin infusion because I was feeling like I needed it and I had, you know, Bs and Cs and glutathione and all sorts of things. And the the uh, doctor that uh, does it for me, he's about uh, early 70s and he's gorgeous. Like he's a silver fox and he's really, really handsome and his skin glows and he's, you know, really fit and healthy and strong. And I said to him, what's your secret? And he said three things. I don't overeat. I get vitamin infusions once a month and I have a lot of sex. And I was like, interesting. So yeah, it it does, you know, it does help, obviously. So what about stress? You know, we live in a time where we're constantly tapped in, you know, there's stress from the environment, from Mm -hmm. our lives. How do you deal with that sort of stress and how does that affect our aging? Well, stress is necessary in order for you to be able to live a long time. And that's related to what I explained earlier. You need, for example, to every week experience some kind of extreme of cold temperature, right? So I take a cold shower every day and I do a cold soak a couple of times a week. There's evidence, for example, from studies in Finland that heat stress may help with uh, creating the heat shock proteins necessary to allow your body to be anti-fragile with age. And so, you know, doing a sauna a few times a week as a form of of stress until your body kind of does feel stressed out is important. Um, Subjecting yourself to things like squats or deadlifts or carrying heavy rocks or building fences, you know, lifting heavy things. That is a stress. It tears up the body. It damages the muscles. But it appears also to cause an anti-aging effect when done in moderation. Aerobic exercise, you know, especially for cognitive function as you age, appears to be relatively important, uh, although there is definitely a law of diminishing returns uh, in terms of increased mortality once you exceed about 90 minutes of that type of exercise. Um, there's evidence that radiation like UVA and UVB radiation from the sun or near-infrared and far-infrared uh, light from you know, devices such as, uh, such as my ball light, right? Like that, that can, can cause the connective tissue to be able to withstand stressors better. And so you need stress. You don't want to live in a bubble, but excess stress, uh, being in a state of constant, what's called sympathetic nervous system drive 
is an issue. And it has been shown that that can cause an increased rate of telomere shortening and specifically uh, inflammation, chronic inflammation that can lead to things like hypercortisolism, right? Like uh, the requirement for your adrenal glands to pump out a lot of cortisol and cortisone precursors that steal fat soluble vitamins such as vitamin D or that steal good, you know, sex hormone precursors like pregnenolone to form your body's stress hormones that you can like constantly be mobilizing your liver's carbohydrate to jack up blood glucose. You can run away from that lion that's jumping out from the email inbox in your computer or so that you can, you know, go have an an argument or so that you can, you know, engage in shallow chest breathing because your chest has these baroreceptors in it that when you're constantly shallow chest breathing cause even an even larger cortisol dump. And so the idea is that you want to engage in things that help you to manage chronic stress while going out of your way to apply like brief intermittent acute stressors here and there in your life, preferably not by having fights with your boss or your spouse, but preferably by doing things like sauna and cold soaks. Now, as far as reducing the chronic stress, some of the things that seem to work really well in terms of actual studies that have been done on them would include uh, transcendental meditation, uh, which you can do learn. Do you practice that? I do. And uh, technically, you're supposed to do it twice a day for 10 to 20 minutes. I do it about twice a week for about 20 minutes because I have so many other things that I'm doing that I, uh, well, frankly, for me, being in the sector that I'm in, writing, experimenting, podcasting, I kind of have painted myself into a corner of constantly experimenting and guinea pigging. And so for me to just stick to one form of stress control would mean that I'm not able to educate people quite as well about what works and what doesn't, right? So I'll use neurofeedback, which allows you to teach your body how to engage in more alpha brainwave production and less stressful beta brainwave production. I engage in things like transcendental meditation, but another kind of form of breath work called kundalini yoga, which is another really good form of yoga that teaches you how to do things like deep breathing, increases blood flow to cerebral areas, etc. Gratitude journaling is another one that that I mentioned. Um, there is uh, yoga. Yoga is very good or for decreasing the effects of chronic stress. Um, the practice of heart rate variability training is also important. And I've written about that quite a bit on my website. Um, and also nature therapy and exposure to a lot of the polyphenols and the uh, what are called the negative ions that you get exposed to when in nature, for example, beaches and forests. Uh, that's very helpful, as well as the effect that you get from grounding and earthing by touching the, the ground with your with your bare feet. If I could, if I could tell you some of the biggest things to reduce chronic stress, it would be uh, transcendental meditation, or at least some form of meditation. It would be yoga, and preferably, I would say, at the top of the totem pole, would be Kundalini yoga. It would be gratitude journaling. It would be um, uh, grounding and earthing. It would be exposure to decent amounts of sunlight, uh, again, for that negative ion effect. And um, sleep is is a biggie as well. I know that that's a horse that gets kicked to death, but it is important. Um, those, those are some of the biggest. I, you know, I, I have an article on my website called Seven of the Best Ways to Stop Stress. And I go into most of those elements, you know, in that particular article. But yeah, there's there's stuff that works better than other things. And it's things that, that really aren't rocket science. You know, most people have heard of 
probably just about everything that I've just mentioned, or at least have maybe heard some of those phrases dropped before. But the, yeah, those are those are some of the more potent things that you can do. I think that the advice to just like slow down and take a deep breath, like that's okay. But I think that having a more mindful practice and actually going out of your way to learn some of these things, even putting your money where your mouth is and freaking like paying to learn Kundalini yoga, like paying the, you know, the, you're going to pay like close to a thousand bucks to learn like transcendental meditation or like buying a heart rate variability tracker. Like a lot of these things, if you put your money where your mouth is, I found that you're more likely to actually engage in it versus, you know, breathing, which is free, but also, you know, people sometimes forget to do that versus actually, you know, if, if I'm making sense, like for me, if I really want to learn something like, like I really, really want to learn a lot right now about venture capital, right? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm trying to become a better investor. I'm also trying to learn about how to better take on money for my own business. So I just bought a book that cost me over a hundred dollars. It's like an entrepreneur's guide to, to business. It's like a full on college textbook. Do you think that I'm more motivated to learn versus me surfing on a free blog that talks about venture capital? You betcha, right? Because that'll be by my bedside and I'll be like, I've spent freaking hundred dollars on that. I'm gonna become a ninja on it. You know, the same thing goes for like meditation. It's like, well, yeah, you could close your eyes and think nice thoughts. Or, you know, if you had an instructor and you paid a lot of money to learn a transcendental meditation course, I bet you're gonna be far more likely to make that a part of your life for a long time. So that, at least that's the way that my mind works. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that you have mentioned, I'm a massive advocate for. And I also, you know, practice TM every day. And and that's because for me, meditation, it's my church, you know, it just really helps me and I love it. But I'm curious to know, do you practice kundalini breath or actually kundalini yoga? Like, what do you do? Both. I do, I do like the fire breathing and the deep breathing and closing my eyes and focusing on the third eye chakra. And I also do uh, all the different moves and the swoops and all that jazz. And often, you know, I, I have an infrared sauna, one of those giant big infrared saunas you can do yoga in. And a lot of times I'll, I'll do that in combination with, for example, heat. So I almost do like a, a kundalini uh, Bikram mashup. But yes, I, I do both the breathing as well as the body work for Kundalini. Sounds awesome. We've got an infrared sauna in our house, but ours is a very, very small. We live in the city, so we've got an apartment and we we don't have a huge sauna, but I would love one day to get one where I could do yoga in it. That's the goal. The clear light uh, sanctuary sauna is amazing because it's very low EMF, so you're not microwaving your body while you're in the sauna, but it's also nice and big, so you can do things like yoga inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I know there's probably a million things that you're working on and wanting to improve within yourself at the moment, but is there anything that's, you know, really new and exciting that you want to improve or work on right now that maybe you really wouldn't want anyone to know about it? I mean, you seem like a very open guy. You just told everyone that you light your balls on fire pretty much. (laughs) Um, So is there anything else that you're really working on at the moment within yourself? You know, um, gosh, there, there's a lot that I'm, I'm kind of constantly working on, but I would say that, um, right now I've been, I've been playing around quite a bit with tracking the amount of time that I spent in the different phases of sleep, because there's this concept that there are many things that can help you get to sleep at night, right? Like melatonin and 
kava and CBD and magnesium. And I found that using a lot of these type of compounds and even some of these like growth hormone precursors like IGF and ipamorelin and you know a lot of these these things that more like bodybuilders would use they seem to somehow increase the amount of time that one spends in non-rapid eye movement sleep which is great because that's when memories form and that's when cognitive repair occurs and um, it, it really is good to get a certain amount of non-rapid eye movement sleep but I've also noticed that those type of things because I've, I've experimented a little bit with this they seem to also uh cause you to have a little bit of a decrease in deep sleep. Like your body should ideally have somewhere between about 15 and about 22% of the night spent in deep sleep phases because that's where a lot more like muscle repair and recovery occurs. That's where you wake up in the morning and you feel like you really got a good restful night of sleep and you don't dream as much in those phases, right? You don't get as much like the lucid dreaming and the rapid blinking of the eyes, but in that in that deep sleep, that uh, that that non-REM deep sleep versus that that REM slightly lighter sleep, you actually uh, you you get a little bit more body repair and and you feel a little bit more rested when you wake up. And so what I've been pursuing lately is is how can you get this ideal combination of non-rapid eye movement sleep and rapid eye movement sleep? And so I'm certainly a fan of things like CBD and magnesium and melatonin and kava and all these things that can help you get to sleep at night, help to quiet the mind. But then what I've been throwing into the mix are some things that help with deep sleep. For example, I've been using a, a chili pad, which is like a special pad that goes underneath your your bed sheet that circulates cold water as you sleep. And that compared to just keeping the room cold seems to cause a significant increase in the amount of time spent in deep sleep. Uh, and, and also sleep latency, right? Like how long it takes you to fall asleep. There is uh, another thing called pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. I've been using something called a delta sleeper, which is a small device that's placed on the collarbone over what's called your brachial plexus that sends a message to your brain to increase delta brainwave production while you sleep, which also puts you into your deep sleep phase more quickly. And another thing I've been messing around with, which I, I've mentioned already earlier, is this concept of neurofeedback. The fact that you can put electrodes on your head and then hook those electrodes up to a computer and then pull up a game, like a game where you'd like fly a spaceship and the spaceship stops flying every time you produce excess beta waves or the music uh, turns up every time that you enter into a little bit more theta brainwave production. And doing that at, a, at specific frequencies um, a specifically down training beta and up training alpha also seems to increase your amount of deep sleep later on in the, in the night. So if you do that, for example, you know, at, at, at you know, whatever, 9am in the morning or 3pm in the afternoon, it doesn't, this is so far, I haven't found that seems to matter when you do it, as long as you do it that day. So yeah, that's something I've been experimenting with a lot lately is like, how can you find that ideal combination between like non-rapid eye movement and rapid eye movement sleep and just like wake up feeling like Superman? Sounds good. My husband has a Delta sleeper. So, and, and the same eye mask, I think that you wear and yeah. also oh, I've got that one too, that beautiful silk. The sleep master sleep mask. That's it. And we'll put everything that Ben and I have mentioned, we'll put in the show notes. So don't worry. Um, but yeah, that eye mask is amazing. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. So I'm grateful that you put that out there. Cause my husband bought me one as a gift and, yeah. uh, 
um, it's it's really funny. Quick quick story, and and uh, the story is that you know with that eye mask, I've lost it a couple times and had to like reorder a new one. And inevitably, I either have like the crappy eye mask that happens to be in the corner of my bag from some international flight where they handed out free eye masks, or I've got like a tube sock and I'll just like wrap a giant tube sock around my head and like pull that tight over my eyes. And it's like a total first world problem. I'm like, this night of sleep just sucks because I don't have my full wraparound silky mask that goes over the ears and I have this stupid damn sock on my face. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sleep princess, I'll admit. Yeah, me too, me too. So um, I've got a couple of last rapid-fire questions for you. Um, Sweet. Pretend, pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum in every single high school around the world. What book would that be? Besides your book, what book would you put in the school curriculum? I don't think we even said the name of my book yet. So Shameless Self-Promotion. It's called uh, Beyond Training. Yes. And, and yes, I certainly would recommend that book. But um, I would say one of two books, either Seeking Wisdom, which is a collection of very good essays and articles written by very smart investors and philosophers, or a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac, which is written by Charlie Munger, who's the right-hand man of Warren Buffett, one of the most successful investors. And, and it's about um, irrational human choices, human psychology, how to communicate better with humans, why we make the decisions that we make. But it's written in a very practical and understandable way. And it, like, if I had those two books in high school, I think I would have come out of high school just understanding people better, understanding business better, understanding money better. Um, you know, I, I, you know, for for me, for example, you know, like I'm a Christian. I read the Bible every day, but the cop out answer is, you know, say like the Bible, just because I feel like I don't know. I, I feel like that that's a. Uh, well, for me, that's a given. Um, but I would say if I could if I could wave my magic wand, uh, I would say either Seeking Wisdom or Poor Charlie's Almanac. Great. Thank you. And I'll put those in the show notes too. So let's just talk about your day. I'm a massive fan of morning routines and I'm sure yours is incredibly extensive. Can you give us a little snapshot into that? The most important parts of my daily routine are... I wake up and for five minutes, I check my heart rate variability, which is a measurement of my nervous system score. I have an app that I designed called uh, Nature Beat that, uh, that does that. While I'm tracking my heart rate variability, I do my gratitude journaling and I read the Bible and do my daily devotions. And that's about five to 10 minutes while I'm just lying in bed. And then I get up and I go downstairs and I put the coffee on. And while the coffee is on, I do intranasal light therapy, which is a device called a Vilite, V-I-E light. I've done a, a podcast on it and that's in my nose. And while that's in my nose, I do what's called core foundation training. I use a book called True to Form, which I mentioned earlier. And that that basically kind of allows my body, it's, it's like a combination of deep breathing and stretching, et cetera. Um, and that, that's like 10 minutes max. And then I'll drink my coffee while I am typically reading for about a half hour. Right? Like I'll read some blogs, read some research, make sure there's no uh, no fires that I need to put out on the business standpoint, right? Like let's say a, a blog post didn't publish or something dumb like that. And then after that, I I help my kids get off to school, give them a kiss, say goodbye. Then I typically every single morning do yoga in the sauna for about 20 to 30 minutes followed by a five-minute cold plunge, 
I come out of that cold plunge and that's when I officially start the work days after that cold plunge. You know, that's when I'll wander out to the garden, grab the vegetables, make the smoothie, sit down with the smoothie and jump into work. So that's, that's honestly like 90% of the mornings that I'm at home. That's how the morning looks. Huge creature of habit. Yeah, me too. And what are three things you're most recently grateful for in your life? I am grateful for the amazing bike ride that I had this afternoon after working inside much of the day, getting out and feeling that sunlight on my face and the wind in my face and the fresh air. I am grateful that, uh, that I, uh, got to sit down with my two little boys today and speak Spanish with them because I'm getting ready to go to Costa Rica and they're studying Spanish intensively at school. And that was really fun to just be able to sit down and speak another lengua with them. And, uh, finally, I actually, you know what, I'm, I'm grateful that I got to talk to you because I know we've had some exchanges on Twitter before and we've emailed back and forth. We've never had a chance to actually talk to each other and hear each other's voices. And it's kind of cool to just to get to connect to another health expert and, and talk to you as I'm, as I'm winding up my day. I think it's, it's, well, it's morning rear out, I think, and then, you know, evening where I'm at. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for my bike ride and speaking Spanish with the kids and talking to you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super grateful too. I'm, you know, you've made such a big difference in my husband's life. He is a musician and he did his recent music video where he had to, um, you know, fight like Brad Pitt and Fight Club and he did your fat blasting protocol and, you know, it really helped him get into that place physically and emotionally that he needed to. So he's um, a massive fan and so am I and we just, yeah, love your work. Um, And Three more quick questions. What is one of the most important things that you can do today for your health? Okay, I'm going to make my answers even more quick now. Take a cold shower every day. Great. What is one thing that you can do, The one of the most important things you could do today for your wealth, which is, you know, career and finances and things like that? Mm, that's a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough one. Uh Think with the philosophy on any investment that you make of whether or not it provides a combination of protection and savings, meaning that most of my investments that I make are investments into things that protect me. This would be things like health insurance, whole life insurance, captive insurance, things that are serving a utility that goes above and beyond simply socking away money we're building money, but that also provide protection at the same time. And one of the best books you can read about this would be a book called uh, Killing Sacred Cows by a guy named Garrett Gunderson. Awesome. And lastly, what is one of the most important things that you could do today for your love and relationships? Inject massive amounts of oxytocin into your left butt cheek. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, um, the main thing that you can do is to, whenever you get into a fight, an argument, whenever you don't know what to say, whenever there seems to be nothing to say, whenever you see that loved one, say, I love you. You cannot say, I love you enough. I say it 10 times a day or more. Use that phrase as often as you frigging can. 
Oh, so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your love, your wisdom, the work that you do in the world. I mean, you and I could chat for hours, but I know you've got to go tuck your little boys into bed and you have to eat your dinner. So thank you so much for giving us your time. I want to acknowledge you for the work that you do in the world and for all the love that you pour into every podcast. I love your podcast so much. I love your blog posts, everything that you do and your wife. You know, I'm a really big fan of the stuff that you guys do together as well. Um, I'm very grateful and I just wanted to acknowledge you and say thank you so much for all of that. Well, thank you for having me on and I'm honored. Thank you, Ben. We'll speak soon. All right. Sounds good. What an epic human being. Oh my goodness. I love him so much. I want to go over to his house and just experiment with all of his biohacking gadgets and bits and bobs. I reckon it would be a playground. Um, I loved that interview so, so much. I didn't realize how powerful Rosemary was. I know my husband bangs on and on about it, but I guess, you know, I'm going to start adding it to a lot more of my foods. That's for sure. I think I'm going to experiment with some more kundalini breath work. I used to do a lot of kundalini, but Ben's really inspired me to get back into it. Go and head over to the show notes, which is www.melissarambrosini.com forward slash four, and you can get all of the goodies that Ben and I mentioned. And uh, make sure you subscribe and leave me a five-star review because that means we can inspire more people together. And don't forget to tell me on Twitter who you would like me to interview and make sure you tag me. That's at Mel underscore Ambrosini and the person you want me to interview using the hashtag the Melissa Ambrosini show so that I can see who you want me to interview. And um, don't forget to head to the show notes, melissaambrosini.com forward slash four, and you can get all the goodies that we have mentioned in this interview. And thank you so much for being here. You know, I love sharing with you guys and I am so grateful that I have this platform to chat to you. I just absolutely love it. I'm honored that you guys want to be the best version of yourself and that you've given me your time today. So thank you for showing up for you. Now, if there is someone in your life that you think could really benefit from this episode, please go and share it with them right now. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review. And until next time, don't forget strong is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Before I go, don't forget, if you are a female coach, consultant, or service provider wanting to take your business to six or seven figures, check out SheLaunch. All you have to do is head to SheLaunch.com, watch the free training on that page, and book in your free call. That's SheLaunch.com. Head there right now, and I cannot wait to meet and work with you and take you and your business to the stars. Now is the time, my friend.